Hi everyone, thank you for joining. We're going to be talking about Latinx in politics, so we'll have the opportunity to dive into that and how our experiences have been and also talk about the census that is co- that just released a batch of data um, a, week a-, a week ago and that showed that Hispanics are growing. Yay! Yes. Yes. Viva la gente! Yeah. <laughs> and it's something that have always kept me hopeful because the demographics are on our side, not just uh, regarding Hispanics, but just um, a more diverse country. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's on its way. It's here and it's just growing. And um, that that is really good because we do want a diverse, uh, multi-plural, uh, multi-language type of country that can be rich uh, by by its people and and because of its people. So the numbers are looking really good. And and I know, Yesenia, you worked a lot on getting people out to participate in the census. Is that right? Yeah. So definitely the census takes place every 10 years. So we only have one time to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest challenges that I saw while being out there is there's a huge disconnect of understanding why the census is so important and Mm -hmm. we don't recognize how it really does affect us locally. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The census will determine budgets. It will Mm -hmm. determine money going for school districts, Mm -hmm. for hospitals, infrastructures. And so a lot of folks, they may have the misunderstanding that you need to have legal status or that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were a felon that you can't, cannot participate or that you have to be pre-registered. None of that folks. Mm -hmm. We, you want you to be counted. Queremos que cuente. El censo es muy importante. Tenemos 10 años para hacer el censo correcto la primera vez. Y creo que como gente era el comentario que estamos haciendo con Rita es que aunque los números se ven altos para la, la población hispana, uh-huh. todavía sabemos que en muchas ciudades, muchos hispanos no fueron contados, uh-huh. otros grupos no fueron contados. Entonces es importante que you know, next, next 10 years from now, we need to make sure that everyone is counted. And, uh, you know, there's some amazing grassroots work being done in, in Paso Robles, Shandon, San Miguel, which is prominently, uh, you know, farm labor, uh, working class. So we wanted to make sure that we were really encouraging folks to really participate. And it's so important because I hear so many times, Rita, people complaining mm-hmm. and why don't we have money for this? And why, why did they cut this program out now? And it's yeah. like, this is, it's all interconnected, right? Yeah. So imagine living with something for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So for the next 10 years, if you're not happy with it, you'll get another chance. 10 years from now. So definitely um, what I would, my biggest suggestion is the next census that you, you can do this work um, on your own, grab a few friends, you know, get people encouraged to participate, uh, you know, educate people, uh, make sure that you're really pushing the census to the point where it's like, yes, I already filled out my census. Yes, I did do it because it is so important. And it's so hard because, because it happens every 10 years and, you know, happened 2010, 2020. I, it's really hard to remember all of the learnings (laughs) and to be ready by the next decennial census. So 
I know uh, who knows where we're going to be in 2030. Um, you know, we definitely did not see 2020 or 2021 being <laughs> right. this way. Um, but ideally, hopefully, uh, we just keep getting better at this. Because there was, like you said, a huge movement, especially in rural areas, like you mentioned here in, in the Central Coast, California, but also everywhere in the country where organizations had to come together, grassroots organizations that didn't work in topics like the census had to participate in the census because the repercussions are so um, overarching and, and so impactful. So thank you to everyone that participated in the census. You guys made a huge difference. And, and even though we have a huge, we know there's a huge undercount of Latinos, Latinas, uh, we know that uh, the numbers are looking good, and and that's just a, a show of your of your work. You know, a few a few data uh, points that we got on the census is it shows that um, it showed a strong growth among Latinos under eighteen. Uh, you know, overall in the U.S., uh, Latinos are eighteen point seven percent. But here in California, for the first time in state history, the Hispanic or Latino population became the largest racial or ethnic group in California for the first time in history. Uh, while the share of white people dropped from 40% to 34%, the uh, shares of Latinos uh, just increased. Uh, we also know that more than a quarter of the nation's under 18 population is Latino. Can you imagine that? More than a quarter of people under 18 are Latinos, which means that any planning, any anything that has to do with the youth, anything that has to do with the future right. has to be done through a Latino lens. You know how important that is to know a quarter, more than a quarter of under 18 are Latinos and that population is going to continue growing. So. Right. And just keep in mind, the median age of white voters is 54 years old, while the median age of Latino voters is 19. So it just Ding. comes to show that we have a population that is young, yeah. right? And that are um, definitely, did. keep in mind also, this is a population that is educated, you know, for the first time, we're getting a lot of a lot of young kids first in college, right? Yeah. First generation, these are kids who understand the struggle. Um, the other fact too, that we do need representation. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get into, uh, we need the representation, whether it be on a local level, state level or national level. So with that being said, Rita, cuéntanos, like what what how was your journey getting into politics Mm -hmm. like what was that like like was it was it something that you've always been passionate about Mm. like where did where did that start because the hope is that we inspire others to also want to get involved because a lot of times we look at politics as something negative as something that it's only made for a few people not for everyone but I know that's not true yeah and actually I just thought about it when you were asking me this question (laughs) but the first time that I got involved with politics was in Peru. I'm from Peru and um, I was in college and I was participating in this project with a few um, college um, friends. And it was, it, the, the topic was, it's not really relevant. It had to do with tourism, but we understood that to get the data that we needed and to get the work done, we had to work with local government. So for the first time I had to work with, I had to find out who the mayor was had to find out what a council and what the what the city council looked like uh, because that's the people that you need to talk to to get things working, right? Or 
had to see what the structure of local politics was to make sure that we were getting the data correctly, who was in charge of tourism, who was, who was in charge of environment, etc. That was my first interaction with politics. It wasn't the campaign politics, but it was the official side of politics of people with roles and titles that were elected by the people. And it was a really great experience because um, usually when you are doing something that will benefit a city or a county or a state, the, the elected officials are happy that you're doing it. Right? Right. <laughs> they're like, yeah, someone is interested and they will help you out. So my first experience was really what was really good. Um, after that, I was working in a conservation project that actually got recognized by the United Nations. Ooh, yeah. Rita, and, the re- <laughs> and the reason why I got recognized by the United Nations is because we were working with a local community in the Andes trying to conserve a forest that was endemic, but we were also doing it with local governments, so with the regional government. And so we had uh, enough representation, enough people making decisions at the table the landowners, but also government present involved in the project that, you know, it was set to, to succeed. And we Isn't were that to, greatness, Rita. I yeah. love that. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and things, and to be honest, that project, uh, that conservation project didn't start from like, oh, let's get this re- recognition from uh-huh. the United Nations, right? Yeah. It was like, let's go on a camping trip. And I was like, sure, I'll go. And then we went to this forest and it was amazing. It was so beautiful. And then we found out, we started looking into who owned the land and what type of forest it was. And we realized that it was endemic to the Andes until only 10% of that type of forest was left in the Andes of Peru. And the community was, you know, using its resources in, in the worst way, not preserving it. So we started working with the community, educating them and also learning from them on the relationship with the forest. And they started growing. So sometimes, you know, a trip can start your experience uh, in a project that you're really passionate about, but it can also link to finding out how how local government works, you know. And after that, I moved to the U.S. and I was not involved in politics at all, at all, for like years. Um, And then Donald Trump happened, you know. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) And I think a lot of people were um, shook up, you know, by Mm. that. And obviously... Latinos were being targeted here in the U.S. and it felt so personal. It felt like an opportunity that I couldn't just sit at, you know, sit and and watch what was going to happen. Right. I feel like I had to take uh, action, and so I got involved with uh, Women's March. I got involved with other groups here in the area, and I started realizing that there again, there's people that make decisions and those are people in a lot of times could be businesses. It could be just influential people, but it's also, um, it can also be uh, government. And so I started looking into, you know, who's getting elected for the 2018 elections. And so I started canvassing for people actually in Paso Robles. um, So North of the the county where we live in. And I started canvassing for a Latina Yay! I was running for office, yeah, and so that was the bit that was you know uh, a no brainer. It's like okay, I found a Latina I can canvas for, so I'm yes. gonna do that. Um, and so I started doing that. I started um, getting more involved in the Democratic Party, and little by little, I just started learning um, and started just saying yes to opportunities mm-hmm. where I could be helpful and where I could use my skills and background and technology and also community organizing and. Yeah, I've been doing that since 2018 here, which is not that long ago. It sounds 
it feels longer than it what actually has been. Uh, probably because we all went, you know, all got old with the Trump administration. Oh, I know, right? It's like yeah. I can't even believe that we went through that, and now it's still like yeah. the the consequences, right, of having yeah. someone like him, and why it's so crucial like that's saying to be involved. And mm. um, I definitely agree that it shook up a lot of folks to want to get involved and to mm. make sure that the lens was not going to be put on just from one perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my biggest takeaways from listening to you is just be willing to mm. participate. You never know what's going to come of an experience. Right. And I definitely yeah. do feel that as Latinas, we have to have that representation yeah. because or else we get stuck. We get stuck of having others speak mm-hmm. on our behalf. Yeah, and you don't have to, like in my case, the yes, I started canvassing for a Latina, which made sense to me. But then after those elections, she she got elected, by the way. But after the, the 2018 election, I found out that there were projects in my community that had to do with renewable energy. And mm-hmm. I'm very into the environment and climate action. I've been into climate for for uh, decades now, I think I can say. Yes. Um, and so I've been following the topic. And so when I found out that there was a topic to make a decision on in our county on, on renewable energy, that got my attention too. So I started working more with, with environmental groups and organizing and using those connections in politics, you know, to try to drive change. And um, it was extremely successful, but it, it didn't have to be about politics. It had to be about policy at that time. It was about driving change. It was about progress. It was about renewable energy. It was about climate action. So if you're listening, I bet there's a topic that you're very interested in. And I bet there's an issue that you can advocate for with your local government and just start, you know, I'm, there's always people in local government that are willing to talk to you, give you more information and point you in the right direction, you know? Yeah. And I think also, uh, you know, becoming involved, I think can be intimidating because I think sometimes we, we are scared to, to not have a perfect, you know, thought process Mm -hmm. or how to express ourselves. And I think that's the challenge is that sometimes we sell ourselves that we don't know what we're talking about. But if you live, like, for example, if you're living in your town and you're paying taxes, Mm -hmm. you know, of course you you have a say, you're a taxpayer. Yeah, I do have to accept that I had a lot of privilege in my experience because I was able to speak English. I was able to read in English. I was able to... um, had that extrovert side, which I think the pandemic has taken away from me. (laughs) And I had that extrovert side where I was able to, you know, reach out to people and just ask questions. And my mom has always taught me since I was little that it's better to look dumb than to pretend you're smarter than you are. Right. Because you end up learning so much more than if you pretend you're smarter. Right. Uh, And then you look dumb because you actually are not that smart. (laughs) I think think they have a saying in Spanish. I think it's like, Prefiero mirarme como una pendeja a ser una pendeja. Like, you know, I'd rather look dumb yeah. asking a dumb question than to like be a dummy not asking questions. Yeah. Right. Well, there's one in English that says, um, yeah, it's better to look stupid. It's better to stay quiet and look stupid than to open your mouth and clear all doubt, you know, right. <laughs> that you really are stupid. So sometimes you just got to go and listen. Sometimes you just got to ask the questions that you think are dumb, but, you know, will will make you learn something. And 
I was really, I was really, really privileged that I also was just working here. I didn't have any kids, mm -hmm. you know, I had a college education from Peru. So um, I have to recognize and I had the time and the, and the resources to, you know, right. move around. So um, I had a really good experience um, to getting into politics. What was your experience like, Isania? I think for me, um, I've always loved politics. I, I come from a family that has been politically involved back in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I also come from a very opinionated family. <laughs> uh, you know, as, I think as Latinas, we always have an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, I grew up in a small town. So I think for me, like, I'm not like when you look like I also understand my privilege. But then when you look at my story like I didn't I didn't have access to like to like crazy money right or mm -hmm. having parents to teach me like mm -hmm. or or to say hey Yesenia meet the mayor yeah. or like or like here Yesenia like here, yeah. here come, come to like my friend's house come to the that country. happens to be the supervisor yeah. right like I didn't have any yeah. of those connections come to the country club right come to the country club <laughs> yes no far from that right it was more like my dad needs help at his work <laughs> and he just so happens to be the winery owner. Right. But yeah. we're not, we're not there as like the privilege. Like I, I'm here to have an opinion. I'm more here to like be <laughs> to the <work>. help. <laughs> yeah. I'm the help. Um, yeah. And so, the, yeah. So definitely a different perspective, but yeah. this is, this is my biggest takeaway is that I also knew that I did have I had a perspective of understanding my community mm. and I also had, I, I always feel like we have the opportunities to make our communities better. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's one thing that I do see a lot with Latinx generation that we have a big heart to want to improve. Mm -hmm. We have a big heart to want to uh, want better for our families. Yeah. We have a big heart for our communities, you know, as, and as, that, Latin, yeah. as Latinx people, we, we are community oriented. Go ahead. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're saying. You know, I think that the concept of community is a concept that is, is shared here in the United States. And that a lot of people that I know that are part of my community here, and love and you know work for but it's not as natural of a concept as it is for us you know right. I was talking to my husband the other day about the concept of community and I was telling I can't remember what story I was telling him maybe on how like my 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 parents raised me when I was little and how you know if if my mom was not home by of by the time that I needed to eat lunch like the mm -hmm. neighbor would give me lunch right, right. or if I, someone couldn't pick me up from, my mom couldn't pick me up from school, like right. they, my aunt also picked, you know, it was like right. very natural. And my husband was like, whoa, that's like, what gives me a complete, and we went more in depth into this, but he was like, that gives me a complete different perspective of you and how you see community, mm -hmm. because the way that we build community is not because of a want, but mm -hmm. it's because of a need. Right. Yeah. So you do need your family, like when you have a baby, to be there to, right. and, and help you take care of it. When it you, takes a village. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it literally does. And um, it, it's just from you need a community to survive, if anything. Right. Right. Which you don't really need it here in the U.S. You, can, you could have a very individualist type of, mm -hmm. of mindset and just mm -hmm. keep it to you, your husband, your kids mm -hmm. or, you know, your very small circle. 
but you don't really need a big community to survive. Right. And I think you, you touched on a very important part, which I think why it's, it's so crucial to be politically engaged is that as Latinx, it, it's hard for me to forget my identity mm-hmm. because that is my culture. That's my yeah. family. That's, that's my, my gente, right? And I think for me, that's what translated to my involvement to be politically involved mm-hmm. uh, for, for Slow County. And, you know, I've always been passionate about helping the community. And what's crazy is that obviously with fast forward to now with COVID, um, but, you know, now you, you start connecting concepts with yeah. like actual titles, like yeah. someone was telling me, Yesenia, you have always been doing mutual aid. You just didn't know it was mutual <laughs> aid, right? You had always been doing grassroots yeah. things, but you just didn't know, like, you know, that you were doing that. And I and think how did that, that was... start? How did it start? I want to I want to hear about your, your journey. What once again, it's it's the community. And I think the biggest thing is um, you know, I've I I grew up with a mother who always was willing to help people, mm. whether it be, you know, someone was sick, she would make a meal, like what you're saying, you know, mm. helping someone out. Um, you know, we live in a, in a small town. If let's say a family uh, had a member who had passed away and they needed to raise money to send them back to Mexico, my mom was one of the first people to be out there raising money mm. to make sure that, you know, the, they, the, there was enough funds for them to send them back home, mm. um, you know, through the church, even organizing through that, seeing my mother go through all those things. Mm. And so then when I started getting older, you know, she had modeled all of these things for me. And it wasn't until, you know, um, Mujeres de Acción was formed six years ago that we were really doing mutual aid and canvassing mm-hmm. and advocating. And I think that's the biggest part of, you know, my involvement has always gone back to advocating, advocating mm-hmm. to make sure we have resources for the Latinx community to make sure that there is a voice present at the table to make sure that we are authentically being represented. Because mm-hmm. the scary part is, if we're not involved, others will be making assumptions of what our community means. Yeah. And that's how resources money will be allocated. And we are no longer in a position, especially with the numbers that we're seeing through the census. We need to have Latinx folks, minorities at, and when I say not even just politics, I'm talking in those nonprofit boards, we need to have folks of diversity backgrounds, we need to have them in the executive offices, Mm -hmm. right, we need, we need them in the school board, we need Mm -hmm. them in politics. So the involvement was really happening six years ago. But then when COVID happened, we started seeing the Latinx community being impacted. And right when that was not just an isolated issue in Paso Robles or Slow County or mm-hmm. California, we were seeing that across the country, mm-hmm. right? So then it was really interesting because my role ended up now having to call into city council, uh, reach out to the mayor, reach out to uh, the Slow County Health Department, starting seeing, well, you know, Yesenia, did you know that the supervisors have such a big role in this okay now who who do I have to contact yeah. right what's supervisor um, <laughs> right what's the supervisor <laughs> and what what is their job and by the way they like here's like, like, like your <laughs> supervisor <laughs> right and and then also understanding which is crazy right that there's so many um elected officials these are people who get elected by the people and that we get we, paid who, yeah. We, yeah we get some paid. of them get paid really well oh yeah which some is, of them not so much <laughs> and which was <laughs> I was like, wait a second. 
I've been doing all this work and I can get paid for this. <laughs> what? You know, like, I'm like, whoa, like, but that, I think that that becomes part of the privilege, right? Mm. That sometimes we as activists, as advocates, we want to help our community so much that we don't realize that we have to work smart, which has been yes. my messaging of, for the Latinx community is that not only do we want to see our communities involved, but we got to be smart about it. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that people are taking us seriously, that we're not nickeling and diming our Mm -hmm. talents, our gifts, Mm -hmm. our knowledge, because I do see that. And going back to your question, what has been my experience, my experience with politics, local politics has been very bittersweet. Mm. Um, You know, it's been challenging because I am that person that calls in and probably is the bearer of bad news. I am that person that probably, you know, uh, shines things, you know, issues that are not popular, that are not mm-hmm. going to make people happy. Um, but I also make sure that I'm offering a solution. Yeah. And when I see the pushback, uh, it just makes me know that we have so much work to do. Yeah. And I know that's not just for Slow County. I know that that's the thing for California, for all of this country, yeah. because being, being a woman in a lot of the times in, in male spaces mm-hmm. is tough, which is just the world, a male right. space. <laughs> right. And then, and then also with age, right? Yeah. Like ageism is a real thing. Yeah. I know in my early days, I wouldn't get taken seriously because when I you was, were young. Yeah. When I was younger, <laughs> right? when, I was, when I was younger, people were probably like, this this like overly excited like young girl like she has no experience she doesn't know what she's talking about I know that look I know that look (laughs) like yeah cállate niña yeah like who's this girl what color should you go to you look do you go to school here yeah people sizing you up yeah and I feel like the sizing you up that never goes away I mean I'm I'm still like you know in in my state where um Like I, I pride myself on how the work is being done. Yeah. And I think to me as, as Latinx, I come authentically and showing up in these white spaces Mm -hmm. and in these spaces. And I, I will share this testimony with you guys that I've been doing this work now for probably 10 years Mm. of advocating for the Hispanic community. And last month in June, I had six local organizations reach out to say, Yesenia, we want to get your perspective on how to better serve the Latinx community. Wow. So that just is confirmation yeah. that the advocating is working, that yeah. people are taking note and the best, 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 the, 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 the congratulations, the part that fills my soul is people genuinely want to learn how to better serve our community. Like these are large organizations that want to better serve our gente. Like what changes do we need to do to make sure that we are serving the people? Yeah. And that makes me so proud. And it makes the, the budding of the heads, the long hours, the feeling frustrated uh, to pay off. So it's definitely not easy, but I also, my biggest hope Rita is bringing others with us too. Yes, that's that's like the the next steps, right? Because um, I bet I bet you had this same experience where you sometimes are the only person of color, not even. Latina. And I'm sure you had had that. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, Rita, have you seen this where you're the only person of color? You're the only woman. 
you're the only woman and or, you're probably the only youngest person. Yes. There. Yes. <laughs> you're the, sometimes I'm the only woman. Sometimes I'm the youngest person there. Sometimes I'm the only woman of color. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's all of them three. And you're probably the only bilingual, bilingual or Spanish speaking yeah, yeah, person. Immigrant, yeah. Right? And, um, and people don't, people assume, you know, I've had people speak to me in, in English so slowly when I say, oh, I'm oh from Peru. And they're like, oh, hi, we are so happy you oh are goodness. here. And I'm like, cool. You know, it's like, yeah. really? And I don't have that. <laughs> or they ask me like, what language do they speak in Peru? All right. And I'm like, uh, my, my kicker <laughs> is, my kicker is, Oh, you speak such good English. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm like, um, uh, excuse, like I, I and I'm not there yet, right? Where I call them out on it. Like yeah. I'm not there yet. But in my head, I'm like thinking, what am I supposed to sound like? Yeah. Like what? Like, and, and that, yeah. I don't think people realize that saying something like that is it, it is offensive. It's it's yeah. At the very least, it's very weird. It is weird. I, I find I think it's offensive and, and I will this is a uh, a warning to everyone if 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 you ever hear that Yesenia went off on someone because they said <laughs> that they were surprised that I spoke great English know that I got finally got there to call them out on it okay, I'm slowly if, getting if there. you ever see a headline you know <laughs> Latina woman attacks random white person but yeah. you know Lita, I think I think um as Latinx gente I get excited to hear the numbers, right? Yeah. And seeing that we do have people in politics. Obviously, yeah. I want to see more gente because I think, and I think we have to address this, that it's it's not that we want to 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 put our opinion. Yeah. Like to say this is what we want, this is how it's gonna be. No, I think it's also just having a seat at the table. It's not about yeah. taking over the table, yeah. it's about making sure that we're being represented and it's coming from people that know the community that yeah. know the needs that's my yeah. biggest concern yeah and you know to what you were saying a little bit ago that your organizations are interested in the needs of hispanic community therefore interested in hearing and listening and seeing more presentation or just having more uh, latinx people at the table to hear their point of views is not just and i just i just said that at a different meeting with a different organization that it's not mm, that 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 need that want from those organizations is not necessarily a need because they are so altruistic and they just care about the community, but it's actually really selfish as well. Which, if you're part of an organization, hear this out. This is why it's a good decision for your own organization, because if you advocate for that a group of people, and you let's say advocate with a member of Congress or, you know, legislation or city or county, that's work that's going to be off your shoulders as an organization, right? Because now Mm -hmm. you have to do less, but also because maybe as an organization, that's a really big target group and that you just have to get on your, on the same page to be able to either get a grant or to be able to really put a project out uh, successfully. So it, especially now with the census numbers, like I, I knew that the numbers were going to be really good when I started advocating for the census and helping with the census. Right. Um, and I've been extremely hopeful through it all. I know I've had some meetings where I didn't get what I wanted from a city council meeting or I voted in way the way I wanted it or a project that failed in some way. But just knowing that we have the demographics, right. that time moves 
forward. <laughs> you know, you, you, time does not go back. Time moves forward. We have the demographics. We're having kids, <laughs> right. you know, and we, and, and we're getting, we're seeing more and more people of color involved and, in, and not only with a seat at the table, but creating their own tables, you know, right. rethinking and using that different perspective that they have to tackle a problem or to approach, um, uh, a problem, you know, so I'm very hopeful. I usually don't look back at, at battles that have been lost. I mm-hmm. always look at the next battle and to see what that one's going to look like and, and trust that at the end, even if we got some bad results, it's just going to add up in the momentum. It's just going to enrage exactly. the people that need to be enraged to be able to drive change in the future. And I think that's the important part too, Rita, that I think especially we were just talking about the young Latinx population, they're looking at us too, right? Like to, uh, just to throw this out there, Rita's like the, the presidenta <laughs> del Partido Demócrata del Condado de San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. And I think you're probably the first. Yeah, I would probably I, I say, like, I'm, I'm sure, like, I, I know for a fact, it's probably <laughs> never had, that has never happened. Well, yeah. So to have someone I like didn't get, that, I didn't get all the, the, num- the names, but yeah. I am. I'm, I'm the first I'm, Latina. Yeah. <laughs> but that is so crucial to have mm. people in those spaces to break mm. that glass ceiling for so many others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important part of why, you know, it's important for us to have that representation because mm. I think for the first time in this country, we are seeing more Latinx breaking that glass ceiling. And when things like that happen, we're making opportunity for others to, to walk behind us. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, even with the six organizations that reached out, you know, one of my asks was you yeah. need to have bilingual uh, employees yeah. and you need to make sure that you have representation sitting at the board yes right like we have to be very very clear as to what the ask is yeah and I know for me like you know yeah we have the numbers to show for but we also need to make sure that we're in the sitting at the chair right yeah. making the power move yeah and and I see that so much with um with also Latinas you know, moving in the tech world, yeah. right, where a lot of their mentorship comes from white men. Yeah. And, you know, because we don't, we don't have that luxury, Rita. Our parents didn't, my, my, our parents didn't say, you know, this is how, this is how you go to college. Yeah. This is how, this no, is how you my parents didn't this go to college. <laughs> right. This is how you do things. Like we're yeah. really breaking so many generational, uh, you know, stereotypes, you know, and and with that, you know, what does it mean to be Latina in politics, Rita? It really means whatever you want it to mean, because there's no path. There's no, uh, and that's almost the beauty of it in a way, you know, it's new territory. Mm -hmm. And the the path that you make for yourself is the path like you're saying that it's going to stay there hopefully for the people that are coming you know so like you mentioned just making sure that that doors open for more people for more latinx to join the table uh or that to help you build a table um for the next generations i always and i i do this very consciously and if you ever work with me and you're listening to this at some point <laughs> you'll realize <laughs> You'll probably be like, yes, that's true. That I've always been like, maybe not double the aggressive, but 25% more aggressive than mm-hmm. I that I would naturally be. Why is that? 
because I don't do it for me, mm-hmm. but I do it for the people that are going to come after me. Right. Whether it's a woman, whether it's a young woman, whether it's a woman of color, mm-hmm. I want people to have a borderline um, uncomfortable relationship with me, you know, mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, this this girl's really cool. But also, I don't want to push her buttons. So <laughs> the next time someone comes and they and you're pushing their buttons, right. you have that experience like, oh, no, you know, or if they have a reaction, I want my reaction to be worse than the person that comes after me. You know, mm-hmm. that way you're used to the experience of dealing something, someone that looks somewhat like me, you know. And that's really awesome, Rita, that you're consciously doing that, because I think, you know, even like for me being in, in new roles and, and, you know, pushing the envelope, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes we like the battle is not even about us. Right. Like I I don't think it ever, it's ever about us. I think for me, the being a Latina in politics, it comes with a lot of subconsciously or consciously it comes with a lot of responsibility yes chances are you're probably the first yes <laughs> uh, number two it comes with a lot of responsibility in the sense that we are not just representing ourselves but we're also representing like our mothers probably right? yes. there's a lot of our mothers <laughs> in our decision making yeah and I'll give you guys a prime example we were planning a um a, a, a school supply drive <laughs> and um the the county's uh, health department was so gracious to to give us these little flyers, right? Because they, they they have so oh, yeah, many amazing the, resources, those, those right? Flyers, yeah, and I'm having my mom put the flyer, help me put the flyers in the bags. Mm-hmm. And she reads one of the flyers and she goes, "Are you sure you want to put these flyers in the bags <laughs> for the kids?" And granted, these bags are school supplies. They're going back, you know, to families. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Why? What's wrong?" And she goes, "Well, have you read the flyer?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did read the flyer." And then it said something about, you know, the health department, you can get your hepatitis shot, you can get all these things. And by the way, they also give out free condoms. <laughs> and obviously, you know, as a, coming from a religious, traditional background, she's like, no condoms, right? Like no one's having sex until they get married. And, and it's that dynamic of like, yes. you know, and I explained to my mom, like, mom, like, it's, yeah, it's a resource for communities. And it's one of those where, you know, you can I, use it for other things <laughs> right? um, where it's like I, I do check myself in the sense yeah. where, you know, it's it's not like that's never been about us. I think yeah. we do. We do carry that responsibility to our families, right? Yeah. Carrying that like the responsibility of our last name yeah. and being mindful, right? Being mindful religiously, being mindful yeah. and mind you culturally, is, right? Culturally, yeah. and also knowing that, you know, I am my mother's daughter, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, I am not my mother's daughter. But <laughs> I think that's what makes Latinx complicated. It makes us yeah. unique. It yeah. makes us, you know, really special. Yeah. And because you know, you know you're gonna get a chunk life, you <laughs> If you don't behave, you right. Know, you know. Right. And so, you know, being involved in politics, I think, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it requires strength. And even, yeah. even if you don't recognize that you're strong, it does come with a lot of strength because I do feel, especially in this point in time that we're in this country, mm-hmm. there's so much going on and there's so much on the table mm-hmm. that when you do have members of our community in the forefront putting themselves out there mm-hmm. like I I do respect that you know yeah. at the end of the day because um you know there's it's a lot nice of there's too. a lot of um you might get to see all the 
the excitement, maybe recognition in public, but behind closed doors, you don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I think what you're saying of, you know, that it it takes strength is not we're not saying that you need to be strong to be mm-hmm. into politics. But once you are in politics, you just get strong right. because there's right. no other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you, you just don't you just are not part of it because right. it's such a heavy weight. And I compare a lot with the first generation kids that it, from any race, you know, that right. have to have to learn things on their own, mm-hmm. have to now, like you mentioned, represent your family, make them proud. You know, a lot of times, for example, when I told my family that I was going to take a job in politics, um, like my nine to five job is, is related to politics. My mom said, no, you're not doing it. And I was like 31. Right. <laughs> <I'm an adult>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have been working in tech for a while and I told her I'm changing jobs. And at any time that I change industry, which mm-hmm. has happened a couple of times, um, I tell my family I'm making this decision, even though I'm married, you know, I I should not have to. I do tell them because that's just how my family works. And so I told them I'm making this decision. It's a really Mm -hmm. big decision. And it's one of those decisions. I know when a decision is a good decision, when I start literally shaking, when I'm making the decision, you know, and I know that it's, it's a good, good Mm -hmm. decision. Um, And so I told them and they were like, my mom was like, no, politics is, it's dirty. Politics mm-hmm. is the worst. You should never get involved. My mom does not come from a political background, but she always was the mom that raised her voice for her kids at like the school meetings. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a labor union leader. So for his for his his industry and I that kind of like I was never exposed to it in, in, mm-hmm. in a way that it was obvious, but that just kind of came with me, you know, right. like having to speak for others. And even, even if your voice is shaking, right, right. Right. And so you just have to, I, I feel, and my family tells me that when I was born, I was born at only seven months. Oh, I, I was <laughs> super tiny. And I had a, a problem with my heart when I was born. Oh. So they, everyone was very delicate mm-hmm. with me. Uh, and my brother still always asks me, how's your heart doing? I'm like, that was like 30 years ago. Um, I've been good. Uh, but um, I always feel like even even though I'm good, I always feel like my heart is really tender, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've been exposed to so many different situations, so many mm-hmm. different realities, so many cases of people, real stories that it just has kind of built a muscle, you know, mm-hmm. around, around my own sensibility. So I... That's why when I go to a, a council meeting, I have to, like you mentioned, the, the weight on your shoulders is really big as a Latinx, mm-hmm. especially if you're the only Latina speaking, your, your English has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to bring in the facts. Mm-hmm. You have to set that role model for whoever's coming after you. Right. Um, and it's a lot to carry. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the weight on you when you participate in these type of groups? I do. I do feel the weight. And you know, I always joke around in the sense, I'm like, now I know why people don't do this work. It is very, it is very yeah. time consuming. And I think, you know, for even Latinx, like what you were saying, like our heart goes into this, like this, yeah. is, this is not about like, it's not about Rita. It's not about me. Like it's, it's never about a person, but it is about your community. So obviously number one, there is already a lot of heart there. Mm. Right. And chances are, especially in today's world, we're already dealing, like we're already walking to a room that we know is not 
welcoming to us. Mm -hmm. It's not, we don't see people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on these boards or these, Mm -hmm. uh, political positions that look Mm -hmm. like us or understand us Mm -hmm. or speak our language. Yeah. They haven't seen us, right. They haven't seen us. And so, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing Rita, that it is challenging, but it's like, it's breaking down those barriers. So it's like also acknowledging that it is tough and it's okay to, I always say it's not a race, it's a marathon Yeah. and knowing and in creating spaces such as like Chicas Politicas, I know yeah. like it, it really inspires me because I met Rita through, um, through like, I think she like, reached, you reached out on social media. You sent I think me a message. It was during COVID, right? It was during COVID. Yeah. I never met Rita. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the power of when women come together, mm-hmm. you know, when I met Rita, uh, you know, we just hit it off. You know, mm-hmm. he was another Latina, uh, uh, you know, a chingona making cool, cool <laughs> shit happen. And she was passionate. You know, she was in the forefront of it. She was making room for herself. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even saying, excuse me. I, ya vengo. Like, no, I, 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 I aquí estoy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, to have to have women like Rita really also helps me to have a space like Chicas Politicas to know like, all right. Yes, we're doing it right. Like mm. to have someone that can relate, right? Because we can't yeah. go to our moms, right? To, yeah. to ask for advice because a lot of the times they're like scared for us. Yeah. Rita. Te dije que no lo hagas y tú no escuchas. ¿Y cuándo vas a poder tú cambiar todo eso? ¿Cuándo aprenderás? Uh, so Ay, it does Rita. come with a lot of responsibility, but creating spaces, right? To laugh. Yeah. And to be able to, to say, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that's such an important part too. And I'm really happy that it's such a big thing in our community. You know, my husband, he was born here in the U.S., but um, he's, he's American. Um, his family is white. He's white. And he saw this TikTok at some point that it was like a group of Mexicans laughing. And they were like, you know what? One thing that you need to know is that if we're not making fun of you, it's because we don't like you. Right. And he showed it to me. He was like, is this true? I'm like, I think so. We make fun of each other. I'm not Mexican, but I think it applies to Latin American right. community, right? Because we are just laughing at each other, making right. fun of each other, poking at each other, just laughing at random things. And I really, really like that. Uh, when Latinos get involved in any industry, mm-hmm. and in this case in politics, we bring that with us, right? right. So things don't have to be serious. No. Things can be funny. And like like Yesenia said, I am the chair of the or County's Democratic Party. Um, I do try to keep my opinions separate, although mm-hmm. sometimes I just came like with the recall and then recall. But um, I do try to bring that humor into the into mm-hmm. politics you know when I'm running a meeting I try to make it fun I try to make jokes I try to poke on people you know I call out people people laugh and so <laughs> those type of things are needed right because right. um and and that's what I really love about the census numbers is that that's what the country is going to be more like right. you know it's going to be this less of this serious male aggressive interrupting mm-hmm. um uh, know it all perspectives, right? More of like the learning, multicultural, multilingual, inclusive, fun uh, spaces. And so, I'm really looking forward to to the future. What What do you What do you think? 
what do you think are the biggest things that excite you about the future in, uh, for Latina for Latinos in, in politics? Yes, well, Latinx is el futuro. Latinx is yes. the future, and you know, I just I feel confident. Like yeah. I think I've always felt confident, but now I feel confident. Confident. Er, <laughs> at the end, you know, to know like man, we're gonna see, we're gonna see more Latinos. You know, like I, I, I'm gonna call it out. We're gonna see a, a Latinx governor soon. Yeah, we're gonna see a president of this country yeah. soon, right? That's gonna speak Spanish and address the people yes. in Spanish. Like we're gonna see, we're gonna see superintendents. Yes. You know, we're going to see school board members. And that, yeah, that's to me, excites me. And not just not just that, but we're going to see doctores, maestras, mm-hmm. you know, more business owners. And yeah. I think that's that's I want to me. It's always been about being proud of our heritage. Mm-hmm. It's not that we think we're better than anyone. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not about that. But yeah. our our strength is our identity, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. the humor, the fact that, you know, we like we like to have fun. Yeah. You know, we were very well, we're a very welcoming culture. Yeah. And I think that to me, it's like, that's what all of these things make this country better. Yeah. Right. We want to make this country better because yeah. a lot of our gente, especially our parents, nuestros abuelitos, they know what it's like to live in another country mm-hmm. and they know the limitations and the poverty political limitations that have that mm-hmm. we love this country even more. Yeah. You know, we, we appreciate the fact that anyone can hear, can, can, and I know that's met with some, some skepticism too, but I know for me, I do feel like the American dream is still alive. People some yeah. don't believe in that, but I really do want to focus on that aspect where, you know, I've seen my parents, be business owners. I've seen them buy a home. I've seen them make so many opportunities mm. that I'm just thankful to this country. I'm thankful mm. the fact that I get to call the United States my home, you know, and mm. I want the best for this country, right? Like I want to be able to help my community. And I think that at the end of the day, that's why we we stay committed to it. Like we, yeah. we still are very hopeful to know, okay, our voice matters. Mm. And I know like sometimes when we go into these spaces, it's like scary. Yeah. <laughs> Lions and bears. Oh my. Yeah. But like, there's also a lot of hope to know. Okay. Yeah. I showed up to the meeting. It was wild. It was wild. I'm, I'm done for the day. I'm yeah. done for the night. Yeah. Okay. Resting yeah. tomorrow's a brand new day. And we just yeah. keep going at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And yeah, I think being hopeful, um, is, is the way to go. Right. Because we like I mentioned, we have the numbers on our side. Time moves forward um, and people are getting more and more educated. And hopefully we're using the, the media and the channels, informational channels that we have at our hands to get educated in, in a better way. And um, it's not if you're listening and, and you're a Latina, Latinx, uh, just think how you have been bringing your culture with you because you probably haven't mm-hmm. even noticed but you are bringing your culture. And if you're, if you're white um, or a person of color, uh, I know that you are probably bringing the things that, that made you who you are into the spaces where mm-hmm. you, where you work. Um, and so try to bring the most positive, you know, because people would really tr- truly appreciate it. And uh, if you're an ally listening to this, um, just know that when you're seeing a Latina speaking, it's not just um, a woman that's speaking. Or if you see a Latinx, you know, queer Latino, if you, um, LGBTQ Latino, um, 
don't just see their words, see the work that they had to do to be there speaking and right. listening and to help and, and uh, back up that opinion, um, help them because they, we really need allies. And I think for me as an immigrant, my mom always says that you, when you're in a different country, that is not your own. You kind of have to thread lightly, you know, mm, you have to be yeah. careful. You, my mom has always, and I think that's also part of our culture mm. where we try not to like make waves, you know, we're right. here, we're like, the, we're still in with this type of visitor badge type of thing, right, you know, right. rather than making this our own country. And I think we have to kind of, I've had to consciously uh, get away from that idea, right, you know, right. and say, no, I'm here. Right. I pay my taxes. I work here. I'm building a family. I'm, right. I have friends here. And this is right. going to be my community. And I'm just not going to let you um, make it um, divisive or ex- exclusive type of community. This is a mm-hmm. community for everyone. And like you mentioned, it's never about us. So just got to gotta be hopeful and get strength on that. That This is for people that come after us and our community in general, even those that are not active, you know. But if you're listening and you're not active, wherever you are, um, participate, right? Participate. And remember, you don't have to be perfect. Honestly, if you, if you have thoughts, you have a voice. And if you, mm-hmm. you know, they're like what Rita said, you know, politics comes in so many different shapes and forms. It yeah. might be environmental issues. It might be business issues. Mm-hmm. It might be education. It might be health equity. Mm-hmm. It could be so many things. Right. And so in this evolving world, you know, I definitely do encourage people to get involved. We all have that one amiga, amigo that is politically inclined, that mm-hmm. is, you know, posting away on social media. Ask yeah. them, like, hey, what are you doing? Can I go with you to a meeting? I'm yeah. sure they're like more than excited to be like, yes, come with me. Yay, oh my gosh, finally. really? Are you coming? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, ask. I always tell people, like, ask what's going on because there's always something going on. And, yeah. and we are so important not to be involved in the process. Yeah. And not everyone knows the right thing to say. Not everyone uh, starts um, knowing everything you know I've said some stupid shit in the past that and that's I okay. look back and I'm like oh my gosh I was so ignorant on that topic but you were learning but you yeah were learning and-, and I am so happy to see <laughs> now that I for sure don't think that way anymore and you've you evolved know? we're all allowed to evolve yeah. to grow and I think too Rita sometimes our power is just alone our presence yes like yes. I've been I've been seeing that a lot too like some people don't speak but just knowing like oh dang there's like my yes. my dad will always say so. Like, there's always like he he he's so funny. He cracks me up because he says, "Mira, mira, Yesenia, I puro I puro viejito blanco." You know, because <laughs> those are the people that have the time and the resources yes. and the luxury to show up, right? Yeah. Y, and he, you know, and then he'll be like, "Mira, mira, y luego no más hay un mexicano, no más una cabeza negra." You know, like, and it's true because sometimes yeah. it's just a matter of having presence there. Yeah. Yeah, I am always really happy to see diversity. And there's a lot of people that say that representation is not enough. You know, that is that is true. I think it's partially true because it's not about that. And this is another thing that I think we mentioned in the past in, in this podcast of sometimes we get one person representing us and then every single hope and dream is put on this person, right? <laughs> And when they take one bad step, we, the statue that they didn't ask us to build for them, right, but right. that we built of them, 
right. we just put it down and and yeah. and try to try to cancel it whatever word you want to use try to destroy it because that person is not fully representing all right. of our dreams in the way that we want them in our minds and that is just so unfair i think for mm -hmm. representation because sometimes representation is just that sometimes it's telling us telling uh, a little girl or a little boy mm -hmm. hey you can do this right. in the future you know and that mm -hmm. alone to me has a lot of power but I know a lot of people ask for more than representation, but like good, equitable type of representation. Yeah. And sometimes we will get that if we're very lucky, but you just have to know that we will disappoint you. And the people that you mm -hmm. think are representing you will disappoint you. Like I always tell people that work with me that tell me, oh my gosh, I've worked with this other person. I'm so disappointed about them. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to disappoint you. Yeah. And, and I know that you're going to be really mad if I make a decision that you just don't agree with. But we have to be able to talk about it. It right. can't just be like, you know, black or white or you're good or you're bad. You know, right. we're all humans and we're going to make mistakes. So be gentle on those people that are out there yeah. giving you that representation because it's, it's so heavy, but it's also so complicated. And sometimes it's just not up to you. Yeah. And I think that brings a good point with that too. We get tokenized a lot of the times, right? Yes. To think, okay, one organization or one person is going to speak on behalf of everyone else, Absolutely. which is, which is why I, I always give the disclaimer, look, this is my perspective. This is what I think is needed in the community, but I'm not the voice for everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is why I'm really now where I'm at in my, in my activism is uh, we do need diversity of leadership. Yeah. We need diversity of thought. Uh, because, you know, like, like I, was, I mentioned earlier, Latinos are very diverse. We, we don't all think the same. Yeah. Right? We don't all vote the same. Sadly. <laughs> right. Sadly. Uh, but, you know, and that's, and that's the thing, too, is that we have to be mindful, you know, once again, echoing a lot of the doors that are being opened right now. Like, you don't know what it's cost that person to open that door. Yeah. Right. And I think also as women, you know, especially, como mujeres, especially uh, you, know, as you know, and, and sometimes I think, too, there's 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 a lot of room for everyone, you know, mm -hmm. and we have to make sure that I know for me, I focus on the on the younger generation a lot because I like going back to that comment, you know, I know what it's like to be young and not be taken seriously. Yeah. So. Que yeah. Que no, nothing. Um, I think just make sure that if you're asking for representation you're not just asking for that one person of color mm -hmm. at, at the table you know that you're asking for a latina a queer latin a queer mm -hmm. latino uh a male latino a black woman you know a black man a, a black gay man a transgender black you know it's, it's like mm -hmm. you just have you can and i think that's something that we've been pushed into mm -hmm. so many times it's like okay, we're gonna, you know, we're a group of white, white people, we need representation. Let's try to get Rita in there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck that. I'm not gonna be your representation. And keep in mind, too, probably like, I know, I'm sure this happens to Rita. I know it's happened to me where it's like, my plate is already full. Like, I can't take on more, yeah. more things. But I also think Rita, that it, it is important. You had touched on it uh, a bit. What does it look like to support latinx yeah what does that look like yeah to you i you, think you had mentioned you know when people show up and speak that you like support them but what else can allies or others do to make sure that they're supporting i think listening is a lot um i was telling the other day somewhat that 
it was something stupid, but it, I was like, you know, brown women get more harassment. You know, there are studies that show that for in politics, a uh, white male candidate gets X amount of harassment. Women in politics, women politicians get twice that and women of color get uh, three times that amount of harassment. And I was saying something of that sort to someone and they were like, but what about that case where that didn't fit your study? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, white lady. <laughs> I, you want to talk about the outliers or do you, right. do you think I'm making this up? Like did what right. I just said, just like bounce off the wall. Like, I don't understand. Do you think that would make this up? You know? Right. So sometimes just listen and, and sit with that. Right. Because, sometimes. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, Rita, I think uh, in spaces, which I'm starting to see a little bit more of being mindful of the spaces that we're in, when you're asking for yeah. an opinion or Latinx yeah. experience, yeah. sit with what that person has said. It's, sit it's, with don't, it. don't respond. Sometimes you don't yeah. even need to respond, right? Yeah. You just let it marinate. Like, yeah. and, and also remember, like, we know what we're talking about, you know, like as, as mm-hmm. Latinx women, we're going to know, especially we're that involved in our communities and we're mm-hmm. seeing different, we're being active in the field mm-hmm. and reporting back. Like we're not making that, <laughs> making like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I think listen and stay with it and, and try to just keep it in. And this is probably asking the very least, right? Because it, it for you to be a good ally, you hopefully you're being aggressive about it, you know, but um, I don't know. I think even the, the best of people with the best intentions are not sitting with it, you know, and if you're at a table somewhere, um, literally and figuratively, and you think that there's enough representation, give up your seat. Oh, I like that. Because I don't see enough of that. I, I see that. I see I so that. many people holding on to their seats of leadership, of decision makers when and I've told like I've been in groups where I've told people I am willing to step down mm-hmm. if we can get a black woman here or if we can get mm-hmm. a trans woman here. Right. Because my voice can be represented as an immigrant by someone else. Maybe not mm-hmm. as a Latina, but as, right. you know, but I I want to give up my seat if we can get more representation from people that have been historically underrepresented mm-hmm. um, and historically ignored. Right. Um, and so if you have a seat anywhere it is, give up your seat if you know that someone that has not had their presentation that 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 does just doesn't have a presentation that they have. Yeah, you bring up a good point too, Rita, because uh going back to that to that comment that I made about women in tech, I've been hearing, or women in executive positions or leadership, a lot of the times, you know, they're being they're being um mentored by white men. and and but but it's like it's it's that thing that right that's like they're thankful that they're even being mentored right that they have someone that's opening up doors for them otherwise they don't have another latino right the ceo to help them you know and i think it is so true because uh on the flip side too i've also seen rita that 
we don't have enough Latinos, Latinx pushing themselves to want to be in these spaces too. Like that's another, yeah. like there's not enough inventory, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's the other part of it too. That's, that's, the, that's one part. And then the other one, like if you are an ally and you identify yourself as an ally, mentor people, mentor people yes. of color, because sometimes we don't even know that's that true. there's opportunities out there for us. That's like, true. I think one of my biggest epiphanies <laughs> that I had recently is like, Shit, I could have gone into politics sooner had I known that I could have been compensated. Granted, it's not a lot of money, but yeah. if I'm already doing it for free, <laughs> shit, I should have gotten paid, you know? Like, and then another part was like, not only am I going to criticize you, but yeah. if I really feel that passionate yeah. that I'm criticizing you and I know I can do a better job than you, then yeah. I better run. Yeah. Right. And Wait, so- what? You, you can pay my gas? <laughs> <laughs> I'll right? take it. Right? You mean I can show up to city council meetings for, and get paid to do to yeah. show up. Uh, but yeah. you know, I think that's the other part too. Like we need to have people to mentor us because yes. we don't we don't like like I said, I can't go to my parents, I can't go to my deals to be like, hey, like yeah. how do I how do I how much does a campaign cost? Like, you know, like, hey, dad, mom, can you guys help me like pay for my campaign? Can you guys make my yard signs? Right. You know, like, yeah, we'll have family show up. And even then we may not have family show up. Yeah. I know that someone shared with me a story that, you know, they were running and it was hard for them to even have their cousins show up because they just didn't understand like why they were running. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, we can't make assumptions um, yeah. on situations, but you know, definitely for allies listening to us, show up for us. I know. Yeah. And, and I will shout out, you know, the awesome women, white women that have encouraged me that have, um, you know, said, Yesenia, you know, if you want to do this, like we're here to support you yeah. because a lot of times we may not see that as a re- reality for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are pushed, right? Or yeah. encouraged. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't run to be the chair of the Democratic Party because I was like, oh, I know about this position and it's going to be open and I think I can do it. It was an ally, you know, now one of my best friends that was like, hey, do you know that this position is open? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I saw something. You should run. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> no. And she was like, you should do it. I think you should do it. And I, I don't know if, if I think it was an honest proposition. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And then the next day you should do it like you sh- you have to do it right like, who else is gonna do it and I was like I mean that's true I'll do it and I did it not thinking I was gonna win I did it because if anything if anything I'll I'll drive a contrast right and then if people don't like me they made the conscious decision of the leadership that they wanted, you know, right. and because not, there weren't more people running. So I wanted, I wanted to be an option, mm-hmm. an option that they could say yes or no to. Um, and like you were saying, Yesenia, you know, being Latinx in politics is not easy. And next year, we're going to have elections. Right now, we have the recall. Mm-hmm. But next year, we're going to have so many positions that are going to be open in our county, wherever you're listening, put into elections that we have the uh, primaries and we have the midterms and there's going to be so many opportunities to canvas to right. phone bank to text uh, to just participate and support campaigns right and if you don't Latinos. have time donate money 
Exactly. If you don't want to sign, don't name money. And when I mean by money, I'm saying even like $25 is is beautiful, beautiful donation. If you can do more, do more. Yeah. And so if you're an ally listening um, and you want more representation, find the people of color that are running for office. Obviously, make sure that they are people that are going to help the community, not people out there just trying to be notorious and doing it for themselves, but people that are doing it for the community. Right. And I think, you know, uh, just to highlight this, this part too, I'm not, I'm not saying just, just support people because they're people of color, you know, like make sure that they have the good morals and values aligned with, you know, the community that you want to see. Cause I I think that happened (laughs) a little bit in 2020, you know, because everyone was like, everyone was getting more aware of like lives matter and all those. And there were people that were running that they were literally saying racist shit about black people. And it's like, dude, you're black. Why are you saying this? It's embarrassing. Infamous Candace Owens, right? That's just one. That's just one. (laughs) There were some local candidates Uh, that it was like, did you just say that uh, it's some black people that they're being killed? Oh my God. Are you really saying that? And it's like, you know, I, I think we, you do have to see the layers, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't take anything literally. Uh, but if you see a, a good leader in the community that is stepping up to run for office or that is stepping up to participate in politics, help them. I, I really like what you mentioned about mentoring because sometimes you just, you just don't know. So say mm-hmm. hi, say, hey, do you know this? You know that? Do you know about mm-hmm. this meeting? Do you have questions? If you ever have questions, just text me. Mm-hmm. Just even leave that that door open, mm-hmm. you know, so people can reach reach out to you. But yeah, I'm really excited about the future. I am. This is a really positive podcast. Yeah, I love yeah. this topic. <laughs> Normally we're we're yeah. talking about headaches, but today was inspiring and mi gente. I just want to I want to give a shout out to our gente. Yeah. Um, me siento muy orgullosa como Latina, como yeah. como hija de padres inmigrantes. You know, we're we're doing yeah. our thing. We're really showing up in this country. Yeah. We have a lot of important issues. Granted, I know we could show up stronger, mm-hmm. and hopefully we will show up for this recall. So just keep that in mind, mi gente, allies, folks that are listening to this podcast. It's so crucial. If this recall is successful, it's going to be because we did not take it seriously because Mm -hmm. we did not show up. I don't want this Mm -hmm. to be a situation where we're just dumbfounded by the disbelief that it actually was successful. Yeah, it's going to be a loss, truly. If we lose sanctuary cities in California, if we lose protections for immigrants, Right. Because we lose the governor, it's going to be on us. Right. Yeah. All right, Rita, vos échale ganas. What, what is their little saying? I feel like we haven't said it in a Andale, while. échale, apúrate. Apúrate. <laughs> so remember, folks, follow us on so our social media handles, on Instagram, yeah. on Facebook. Send us an email. What's our email, Rita? Uh, it's chicaspoliticaspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we're on Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, wherever you're listening, just follow, share, like, give us uh, five stars, whatever you can do. Yeah, support. show us some love, support us. Oh, and don't forget, make sure you get your COVID shot if your tia hasn't done it yet. Oh, I was not recording. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>